0: And welcome to this Halloween special of Everybody's Got One. The only podcast worth listening to on this, the Hallows' Eve. Joining me tonight is the
1: ghost host, Nickel Arse. Ah, ah, ah. One, ah, ah. Two, ah, ah. Three, uh, uh. Oh man. Oh, you know what? I do oh, think when I was a kid. What the fuck are you? I do think when I was a kid, I wanted to grow up and be the count from Sesame Street. He was by far my favourite character, even though I didn't really like numbers.
0: I wanted to be the fella who crawled along the sand in the desert going, aqua, aqua. Lawrence of Arabia. No, no, he was in sesame street, he wanted water. I don't I'd that have done sketch. that. Yeah, you do. He was on every show. Literally crawling.
1: I'll find it, we'll find it, we'll find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll... Put, put it in the grapes.
0: Yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll do me, um, me Bush impression, not me Bush, me Trump impression. <laughs> we'll
1: find it, we'll find it, we'll find it, we'll find it. Um, <laughs> what are you drinking, man? Oh, man, just boring tonight. Just cherry Pepsi Max. I I i was thinking about the other day. I've not had a beer on a podcast in probably about two months. And, in fact, I don't think I've had a beer in real life in about the same time.
0: I was going to have a whiskey tonight. Mm. So, for all intents and purposes, I'm drinking whiskey. But I'm not. I'm drinking
1: um, cordial. I, I'm not going to lie, Right that cordial to me looks really weak. Like, how much s- squash do you put in to a glass? Oh, only,
0: only about that much. 10%. Mm-hmm. 7%. This is a weak one. Yeah, I'll give you that. It yeah. is quite weak. I can't be arsed going back to, to Ulster. But, right, let me just... Um, I'm going to read you some literature. See so if you can uh, see who wrote this poem. It's close to midnight... Something evil's lurking from the dark Under the moonlight You see a sight that almost stops your heart And it's not Pete Dub's beard You try to scream But terror takes the sound before you make it You start to freeze As horror looks you right between your eyes you're paralyzed. Who wrote that?
1: Um I mean it sounds like Moondance by Van Morrison. Yeah. But I don't think it's him. Um you know what? I don't know who's actually written it. I know who sung it but I bet it's like Quincy Jones or something.
0: I dunno. It's it just says Michael Jackson underneath it. Yeah. Maybe yeah, come, maybe it was him. Maybe. Zombie yeah. Michael. He'd be having a ball tonight, won't he?
1: You know, um, a film come out recently called "The Clock in the Walls," like the, the what? house, the house with cl- a, the house with a clock in the wall. Oh, a right. clock! Yeah, clock, clock and chill. Imagine
0: um, that—the house of cocks. <laughs> just give just,
1: <laughs> just, <laughs> just <feel laughs> the clothes decorating the room, um, and um, spit that. And um, when it got released at cinemas, for some strange reason, if you went to see it in IMAX, they played Thriller in 3D. I'd
0: love to see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but what was weird about that is the film was in 2D.
0: But Thriller
1: was in 3D. So you'd go to IMAX, pick up some 3D glasses, watch Michael Jackson's Thriller in 3D, and then take glasses off to watch the film. Ridiculous. But it works. Yeah. I'd love, it. I'd love it to get a home release just so I could buy it. I'd love to just, I didn't
0: appreciate Michael Jackson because of all the, um, allegations, the, the allegations he was a tainted, uh, but now all the allegations. I'm actually listening to an audio book. Um, uh, I can't remember the fella's name. Shall I do this properly and find out what it was called? Yeah, gone. But it's a book all about. The Michael Jackson allegations. Yeah. And do you you know what? It's horrific. I actually think he was, um, innocent. Yeah. He was just extortionated.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I I don't know how true it is, but apparently the, the dad of, um, Geordie. Yeah. Geordie, Geordie Chandler. Yeah. Um, like his dad, like before he died, admitted that, um, he made up the allegations told his done to uh, The Final
0: Years of Michael Jackson by Ian Harper and, and it was only about four quid and it's, I've listened to 80% of it and it's heartbreaking, Michael Jackson unfortunately was um, I wouldn't say he was simple because he was the, the Prince of Pop and all that, or the King of Pop what was he? The King of Pop yeah, yeah. But he was so
1: naive. Yeah, I think that the problem is with a lot of celebrities, they just get, uh, they just get surrounded by people who use them as puppets for their own financial gain. And, and he was testament to that. I mean, do you remember that documentary they, they had with Martin Bashir? By the way, Bashir. I love, love this, uh, Halloween episode. Um, well, Michael but, Jackson's dead. Yeah, that's true. And he did play a zombie in a thriller video. Um, but in that, Uh, Interview with Martin Bashir, they went shopping in Vegas. Yeah. And he went into that really tacky shop and just bought like millions of pounds worth of goods. And I went to Vegas 2012 and that shop is still, or was still there at the time, though, if it's still there now. Um, and they kind of like, they had a sign in the window about Michael Jackson shopping there.
0: Michael Jackson shatter, yeah. Yeah. And it's um, just, I don't think anybody in Michael Jackson's party was big enough to say Michael. These cat, because he did, people did sleep in his bed with them, kids, mm. stuff like that.
1: Michael, this isn't really what's done. No, but the the boy didn't have a childhood, and I'm not saying that excuses what is, uh, no doubt about it odd behaviour. But there's a difference between odd behaviour and actually sinister behaviour. A big difference. Uh, Jimmy Savile was an absolute out and out paedophile. Michael Jackson, I think, was quite innocent in nature and you know, was very childlike. Yeah, definitely. That's a difference, you know. Definitely. So but we'll never
0: know. Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. Um I'm just gonna like right, what the main crux of this Halloween episode is me and you, uh of, of all the the team of the um, everybody's got one. Um Entourage. Can we be an entourage? Yeah, why not? Or posse? Yeah. Posse, homies, hanging with the hood, popping caps in asses. Yeah. Um with our, with our, our, our milky, milky white complexions with, in the hood. People, people of whiteies. Yeah. Going down to Marks and Spencer's and having a latte. <laughs> um. Me and you are the only ones who've had real-life ghost experiences. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it'd be quite interesting to hear them without a lot of noise, a lot of other people on the show. Just me and you just talking about our ghost experiences. And I'm going to throw this one at you at the end. Just have you got any sort of
1: ghosty whoa, um, podcasts you can recommend or, or anything like that? Um. I'll have a think, but I don't think so. But ah, just to throw another just for another curveball in the mix, um, I when I was thinking about this episode, I remembered I had another experience which isn't ghost related, but it is supernatural related.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll do your ghost experience first. Yep. Then, then mine. Yep. Then we'll end out with okay. your supernatural, and then I'll recommend my podcast cool. of
1: choice.
0: Okay. So, how old are you? what What do you want to do first? Your I ghost a, or your supernatural?
1: I'll do I'll do a ghost story first. Um, and we talked about this. Uh, I don't know where we talked about this. We did far too many podcasts, so it has been mentioned before. It might have been on ego. I can't remember. But um, so yeah, I must have been about eight or nine. I used to live in a town called Ilford in Essex, which is a very old town. Um, the house I lived in wasn't particularly old. Uh, but Ilford had been there for a long time uh, quite a famous town it used to be uh, back in the day and um, I lived there from the age of well from birth until I was about 11 12 something like that do you, do you have a rough idea of the age of the house Um, I'm pretty sure the house was built in the 30s ok that, that's old enough yeah Um I know the house we moved into after was definitely late 30s, but I'm sure that house was built in the 30s as well. Um So yeah, so, so I mean the house wasn't especially old, but the town had been there a long time. Um I mean the school I went to, for example, was built in 1895. Just did you to ever, give you an idea. Did you ever have the willies put up here in there? Uh, no, it wasn't. You know. Teachers weren't like that back then, but uh the school did have a gray lady so there, there was a ghost in the school apparently, which I never saw, but apparently like right at the top of the school, if you kind of caught the time just right, you would see a gray figure um looking out the window at everyone. did you see the gray figure
0: no no, I never did I never did, did any that. of did, did you in in school? right just sidetracking as we go on tangents. Did you ever do the Ouija board? No. Did girls in your year ever do the Ouija board?
1: No, not that I know of. Not that I know did, of.
0: They did in our school. We I went to the Zachary Comp. It's been knocked down now and rebuilt. Um, but I was in a classroom while they did the Ouija board, and whoever was moving that glass was doing a very good job. Everybody had a finger on it. And that glass was moving. Now obviously somebody was moving it, but to my 13, 14 year old mind and eyes, that put the willies up me. And one of the girls uh, apparently got possessed. And to get rid of the ghost, they would um, crunch up the Ouija board and throw it in the bin. Now I've seen too many films now to know that that's not going to get rid of the evil demon that's just entered you.
1: But a Ouija board's a ball game, isn't it? Anyway, isn't it? Well, so do you say, but that's not not a board game I want to play. No, but I mean, like, you could go into, like, a Target or Walmart and buy a Ouija board. I believe so, yeah. It is a board game. But, um, obviously, I mean, I don't know if Ouija boards are a little bit like, um, defibrillators, where, you know, when you watch a film and someone has a heart attack and they get the old, you know, irons and they rub them together and give them the old pump and shock.
0: Yeah, yeah. To get the heart
1: going again that's not how they work in real life. Oh. That's not what they do in real life. That's not what they, well, they're used for that type of thing, but that what happens in a body jerk, that's not actually what happens in real life. So that's something that, you know, Hollywood is, has used, and it's taken a life of its own. So any TV show or any film you watch, that's how they use them, but that's not actually what happens. Right? So, I, I don't know if, like, Ouija balls is like, Something very similar to that, where you know it was just a ball game, and it's kind of become its own legend, and it's been used in films and TV shows and stage plays as this device that is actually not. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know. But I think would it's... would you do a Ouija board? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't believe in them. <gasps> would you do
0: a Ouija board live on a podcast?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Wow. Like, I, I mean, I'm I'm tempted the next time I do a a video podcast for the After Dark Network that I'll open up some 35 uh, year old tops trading cards and eat the chewing gum that's still inside it. Okay, just for shits and giggles. Um, I'm sure it can't kill me. Um, anyway,
0: <laughs> so uh, back, and, to going back
1: to the story. back to the story. So, um, so I was. Uh, it was Sunday night. I, I I had a bath. I was getting ready to go to bed. Probably. Uh, half eight, nine o'clock, something like that. It must have been. And I was just in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet. Um, it was boring back then because there was no mobile phones. So yeah. when you sat on the toilet, absolutely boring. Um, and. Now,
0: now you sit down to wee. So was this a wee or a
1: poo? I can't remember. I can't remember. Cause and it could have been either. Yeah. And I do. And, and Craig is right. I do often sit down to have a wee. I don't always, but I do quite a lot of the time. It depends on what I want to do at the time. Um
0: You're freaking me out at the moment because you keep looking over your shoulder.
1: Y- yeah, because I've got the, I've got the curtain open in the garden and I keep seeing a light and I'm like, what's that? Just every now and again, it just, just the corner of my eye, it just catches it. So apologies. And
0: be- behind you is a, the, the freakiest, horriblest, scariest puppets I've ever seen in my life. Just on your shoulder and you keep looking over your shoulder.
1: That's that's Pinocchio.
0: Yeah, he's on. Oh, God. It's freaking me out.
1: The light's moving above my head. That's weird. Anyway, um, so I'm sat down in the toilet, and then all of a sudden, the bathroom door bursts open. Now, I can't remember if it had, like, a little bolt on the bathroom door, but I can't remember if I locked it or not. I probably wouldn't have locked it um, because... You know, I was just a kid, so there was no reason me to lock the toilet door, but it, it might have been, uh, it might have been lots, I don't know. But anyway, this door burst open, like, gust of wind, um, just kind of pushed this door open. Now, I didn't feel any wind myself.
0: Did that happen regularly? No. Okay.
1: No, I'd, ne- I'd never seen it before. The wind, there was no window open or anything like that. The door just burst open as if there was like this gust of wind that just, hit like the, the the middle of the room through the doors to bust it open and this door flung open and we had um we had a landing that was dipped down so um, as you came up the stairs there was the top of the stairs was a landing and then you had to step up either side to go into either the bedroom or the bathroom or, or one of the bedrooms or, or the bathroom and the other bedroom and so the, the actual landing itself was slightly, you know, was a step lower than everything else. And this ghost was hovering above, uh, above the landing. Um, and he was dressed in like, um, and I still can't remember, I can't remember if it was Elizabethan garb or, uh, you know, definitely that kind of Shakespeare look, like the ruffled kind of collar, the round collar, um, red uniform it looked like um just a bit of an odd mix of, of 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 clothing and I had a slight look of Patrick Stewart to him that was that was when I was like trying to describe it afterwards like you know that kind of bald head very stark kind of features and I just screamed I just screamed and ran up and pulled the door shut pulled the door back shut and I just shouted out um, so my parents downstairs somebody's upstairs I don't know who it is but somebody's upstairs so they've come running up the stairs and they've said like you know where where's this person and I said he was on the landing and so they've gone like looking in the two bedrooms that are upstairs and they're like there's no one here there, there's absolutely no one here and then like I kind of thought about it for a you know the more you thought about it because Why is somebody going to break into your house dressed in fancy dress? And float. And float. Um, so it was clear at that point that, you know, I, I'd seen something and no one physically had been in the house. Um, but that was it. Could you, could you see through him? Um, or
0: was he solid?
1: I, that's, that's a detail I can't really remember. I want to say solid, but I'm not a hundred percent sure.
0: And obviously, when they ran upstairs, he's gone. Mm. Now, obviously, he's not from your time zone, per se. Nineteen thirty-five house, but who's to say what was there before?
1: Well, and that's that's exactly you know why I said at the beginning about Ilford being quite an old town, because like a lot of places, um, you know, unlike unlike the, the where I live now, this is where I live now is a new town. So, although there was stuff here before it kind of became this new town after World War Two finished, um, the actual area, you know, was, was mainly farmland, really, or forest. It wasn't actually uh, really habited um, like a, a normal kind of town would have been at that time. But Ilford was always uh, a town, and people lived there, and it was very communal. So, you know, for hundreds of years... You know, stuff had been happening there before our house had been built. So, as you say, who's to know what happened there before?
0: I've just literally just seen something go past behind you, there, shadow. (sighs) Fucking hell, mate. Whew! Uh, My my, the hairs on my arms have gone up. Literally,
1: the hairs on my arms. One of those things is true, and it's the hairs on Craig's arms that so have definitely gone up. The other thing, not not quite as much.
0: So, um, were you just roundly dismissed by your parents?
1: Uh, no more than usual.
0: Did they did they hear the door slam? Did they hear anything?
1: I, they heard a the door slam because I slammed it. But when the door burst open, it just burst open. It didn't. It didn't slam against the wall. Um, so they wouldn't have really. It, you know, they wouldn't have had the door open. Really, how, it was me How did it, you? Would've.
0: How did you feel that night? Were you comfortable in your bed? Was it playing on your mind? Because, but you've literally just seen something that shouldn't be there.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't think I don't think it did bother me that much. Like I don't remember having trouble sleeping after that more than usual. Um I think I just you know I, it was definitely weird. Um but I don't think it was something that um that affected me in, in the long term. Um I didn't really think about it too much and it was only as I kind of got got older and you talk to people about you know You have conversations like we're having now about, you know, spooky experiences or have you seen a ghost or have you seen a UFO or whatever. Um, and it's only then that I kind of started to think about it a bit more. But even though I hadn't thought about it for a long time, the, the, the memory of it was still very vivid. You know, I think when you see something that's a bit odd, it, it does stick with you. You know, like, you know, when you see, um, P Dubs's beard for the first time. Yeah. Or, or Lee Maddaby's head.
0: One of them things is is fake. One of them's true. We'll
1: we'll let our audience decide that one. <laughs> um. Well, should do you want to, are, are you done with your story? Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear yours. Okay,
0: so as everyone knows, I work on the railway in uh, Great Britain, England, Liverpool, and I started on the railway as a nineteen-year-old in. Inchy Buchan Office. Home of the Grand National, the famous Grand National. In
1: nineteen seventy two, wasn't it, you started?
0: Nineteen ninety three, no
1: bed.
0: <laughs> I was still spam in my dad's ballsack in nineteen seventy two. Yeah. So um I got a Buchan Office clerical office as well a Buchan an RO two it's called, um a Buchan office member of staff. So you're there to sell tickets, clean up the platforms, collect tickets, that type of stuff. I had a a rectangular room uh, made out of wood. The whole top of the building was wood, wooden, right the way round. This booking office had, in one corner, it had a privacy wall, an L-shaped wall. And behind that privacy wall was the safe, a fridge, a cooker, and a sink. I, I used to have a lovely sleep around one o'clock in the afternoon. I used to put the four rings on the uh, gas oven and put two chairs there, put a coat over me, and go to sleep for an hour. <laughs> right. So I replaced a gentleman. Um, we'll we'll say his name was Stan. Right. He started work in booking office in. 1959 and I know this because there was a plaque on the wall and he passed away um, in 1992 and he died of cancer and he basically had to get taken out of the Buchan office to die basically he wouldn't leave his job he he left work and he died a few days later Right. right so I've been there a couple of months. It's a balmy summer's evening. Now, this long rectangular room had four strip lights, and they, they're really intense on you. You know, if you work in an office environment and you've got them strip yeah. lights on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had climbed up and taken the little fuse out of two of them. So it was only 50% lighting, so... One above my head was gone and one above the booking office window was gone so it was like a diagonal. These two strip lights were on. So it was a nice dusk, summer's evening and I'm standing at the sink looking Craig, down. Sorry
1: Craig, is your window open? Was my window open? No, now. Is your window open now? No. Oh. Why? Because well, it looks like something's like, moving behind your head. Fucking hell me that's the colour out there, ain't it? I know it's <laughs> horrible, man. Blood
0: <laughs> red moon. Nice. oh Jesus. So <laughs> um this book bu- this booking office was um, very, Um it was road level and then the platforms were down low down so I was a good 30 feet up in the air so I could look down over the booking office yeah. there was bars on the windows um, I'm at the sink now next to the sink I'm just painting the picture for the, the listeners next to the sink to the left was below the safe and above the fridge
1: right, hang on I've got something just there again why is well, it now turned blue I'm
0: blue. What? Fuck off, Nick.
1: T- look behind you. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> What's going on? Oh. Have you got, a, have you got like a colour change of light bulb or something? No. Such a toss up.
0: Right. So, I'm literally, oh, God, i to shit myself here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm painting this picture, so I'm at The I can't concentrate I'm at the sink washing dishes like I'm saying painting a picture to my left is the safe on top of the safe is the fridge next to the safe is the oven on the very far left now I'm looking out the window but I'm washing the dishes and like I'm now looking that way but I can see you on the computer screen to my left Nick Mm -hmm. so as I'm washing the dishes there like that In the corner of my eye, no more than two feet away from me, is a little old man with a hump on his back, stooped over the oven, cooking. Right? Hmm. Now, there was no gas on. Uh, he, He was holding some sort of pan, I think, but he was there. And I literally turned to look at him, like I've just looked at you,
1: Oh God. Right? Don't 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 look at me and then say, Oh God No
0: I'm second guessing what's going on now outside in case there's things going past the window. Um demons <laughs> So when I turned and looked, he was gone. So out the corner of my eye he was there. He was wearing a British rail uniform and he was really old. He was really stooped over and he was, appeared to be cooking. And I shit my pants. Right. Although it wasn't a fear. Do you know what I mean? It was more shock Mm -hmm. that because initially at that split second, I thought there was someone in the booking office. Mm. You know, somebody was hiding in there or something. So I literally shit my pants. And when I calmed down, I phoned Otto Park up. I phoned Slobber up. Dave Sumner phoned him up. I went, Dave, the old fella who worked here before me, what did he look like? And he said, he was a little old man with a hump on his back. Dave had carried his coffin at his funeral. right? And I said... Are you, are you shitting me? And he was like, no, no. It was, it was tiny little old man, hump on his back, stooped over. Why? And I told him. And he was like, oh, my God, Craig. Are you Why are you still there? Why are you still there? But like I say, there was nothing sinister in it. Mm. There was no ill feeling towards me. I did, like now, um, that puppet behind you, I'm sure he's just, turned his head oh he's he's literally looking bad right
1: at me. he's looking down his nose at you, because it's for Nike.
0: what was that noise Dan?
1: That was a motorbike was he yeah,
0: oh God <laughs> so um i to this day that was a ghost. I couldn't see through him. It was dusk it wasn't a trick of the light there was a man standing there
1: yeah but like you said the thing is it's different it would have been different if you'd worked with this person or you knew this person do you know what I mean because then it could just be like your mind played a bit of a trick on you yeah but the fact is you didn't know what this person looked like no so for you to be able to describe what this person looked like and it be you know a doppelganger of The person that used to work there—that's more than a coincidence. Way more than a coincidence. That's a chainsaw. It's a chainsaw gang. Yeah. Um, It's it's page night. I I live on a busy road, so yeah. I mean, so I've, I've got no doubt that you did. Experience something like that, and I, funny enough, I, I talked to My wife. just before she went to bed, and uh, told her that we was recording this, and I said to her, "Have you seen any ghosts?" And she said, "No," and I said, "Like, do you, do you kind of believe in them or not?" She "Not really," and I think that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in religion. I think it's it serves a purpose, and I think people that uh, are religious, they play to them. Uh, because you know, if that gives you a sense of purpose, if that gives you a sense of belief, that's wonderful. I'm just not saying I subscribe to. Um, well, You
0: you know I go to church. You know I, um, I'm i a Catholic, and I don't force my beliefs on anyone else. For me, it's more of a moral compass, yeah. a, way, a way to lead your life. Um, yeah. Historically, medieval times, it was a way of, Control a population. Hmm. Um, and to some extent it is now all, most of the wars on this planet are religious in.
1: Yeah. You absolutely. know, absolutely. It's one of the, the reasons why I'm so against religion is because, uh, for me, the, the negatives outweigh the, the positives. But regardless of that, what, what I was trying to guess at is that, you know, I think unless you've got a reason to believe in something, it's hard to understand or it's hard to believe. Like, I can't say until I believe I saw a ghost that I ever really believed in them more than, you know, it was something that you saw in films. Or, you know, I used to watch Ghostbusters. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I was aware of what the concept was, but that didn't mean that they were real. Um But when you do have an experience with something and people have that as a religious thing as well you know some people have something that happens in their life which they believe to be an act of god um unless you have that thing i think it it is hard for people to actually understand or believe that there might be something in it
0: so what is it then is is that a memory
1: is it a time slip? Well, I, I mean, it can't be a memory, surely, because again, going back to your example, you described someone you'd never met.
0: Not my memory, like a memory of that area. That something has happened there, or somebody felt so much love for the place, or something. You know, that was his place of work from 1959 to 1992. Which is thirty three years, mm. you know he spent probably more time there than he did at his own house, yeah, truth be told, so when I say a memory is it his essence, is it something oh God, what was that oh, stay at the bank um was that is he imprinted on that space? You know, because that building doesn't exist anymore um, that building was flattened in I want to say 95 I'd gone to Kirby by then um, so that, that building was demolished basically mm. um, and a brand new building so his his space that he inhabited for so long is now just a, a, a space of air just floating where the road has being expanded and stuff like that so you know, like your ghost is floating. He, he wasn't walking around your house. He kicked your door open, or he did something. Mm. But why? Why are they in them spaces? Are the you know? Did he come back once a year? Was he there
1: every day? Was it? There, was, was he there as a one-off? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 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 the thing. Like, there's no really rational explanation to any of this stuff. It is just your assumption, your you know, your interpretation of it. Um that's it. I mean I don't know. Is it a glitch in the matrix? Well that's it, yeah. You know, like who who knows? It's a bit like Deja vu, isn't it? That's another kind of example like that where, you know, you think you've experienced some you're experiencing something which you feel you've already experienced. Yeah. You know, that there's no there's no kind of logical or I've not certainly not seen a logical explanation to how that works, but that's a thing. So you know, maybe it is just you know, it could be a, a number of
0: things. So then, come on. Before we close out this short Halloween extravaganza
1: of death what was your next experience so my other experience and this isn't this isn't ghost related but um you know definitely odd um we were we'd gone to a I, I want to say it was it was touring cars right my my old man as always a dustman yeah he wore a dustman hat he um he's always loved racing cars um, not him actually doing it, but watching it. So whether it was Formula One, whether it's British touring cars, um indie, whatever, he, he liked watching motor racing. And I think we'd just come back from an event, it might have been Brown's Hatch or Snettison, somewhere like that, a track like that. Been out for the day, and normally if we'd go out to one of those events, it was finish around six, uh, you'd be driving back Uh, you know in the evening might take a few hours to get home after you had something to eat so you know it was probably about eight nine o'clock at night we was driving down a motorway can't remember which one it was um i just remember that you know like a lot of motorways there was a lot of like uh green belt land around it so you know grass trees all that kind of nonsense so we're driving back and it's, it's dark. I think it was late in the year, like October, November time. Um, so it was, it was early-ish, uh, but it was, it was pitch black. Uh, only like, you know, lights on the motorway and headlights that you could see. And we're just driving down this road, this motorway, and I was just looking at the window, just, just again it was before mobile phones car journeys are much better now if you're not driving Um, and I could see this light on the floor in the the car outside the car outside the car but like uh, in this kind of forest it was it wasn't like proper forest but you know I'm trying to grasslands I suppose just loads of grass not many trees but lots of like grass and stuff and I could see this light circular shining on the floor Almost as if someone was holding a torch on the floor, but it was consistent. So as we're driving along, it's it's kind of like in line with with us moving. I was like, that's a bit odd, and it carried on for quite a bit, like a good few minutes. And I was like, something's not something's not right here. I, I, like that's not normal, surely. And then I said to my dad, I said, like there's a funny light outside the car can you see it now he's obviously driving so he's kind of taking quick glances but he's like yeah I I can I can see something but I'm not sure what it is anyway all of a sudden like this light got intensely brighter and longer almost like it was coming out of the sky so like a full beam kind of thing and it was just travelling it was just travelling like this column of light was just travelling alongside the car and then and this happened for like a few minutes and i you know i was trying to look up but obviously i was kind of constrained by the car so i couldn't see like much further than um you know the car window um and then it just went but like, i can't describe what it was like it wasn't it wasn't a plane because it was it had been like it could have just over. been a p- Police helicopter. It was traveling at the same speed as the car. A helicopter wouldn't travel that fast. What and not if that he high. was
0: following,
1: following something. Mm. But why would it be following like a grass area? And, and also, like it got brighter. You know, like instead of it just being like a spotlight, it was. It ended up like being a column of light, as if like it was like a, a, a laser beam being shot down or something it was a beam of light I've never seen anything like it before I've never seen anything like it since I I didn't see anything really in the sky but it was odd and I've seen I mean you know we've got a police helicopter around here we've got air air ambulance around here so I know what it's like when a police helicopter is like searching around for something the lights not in one place you know it it's constantly moving around because it's trying to cover an area this was not moving like in a direction it was just a consistent pattern as if it was just following
0: that's weird isn't it then
1: yeah that's what i mean like you know so it's i'm not saying like i i saw a ufo because i didn't actually see a ufo what i did see was some unexplained light that was travelling about seventy miles an hour. I mean as a train driver
0: I've I see stuff um in the skies all the time, but there's nothing that has ever. The only one time I was um I was at Norton Bridge going to Stone and Stoke. So I'm just coming round that junction. Um I think oh, we don't go that way anymore. Off the top of my head, I don't want to say 30 mile an hour. So it's quite a slow round the curve. And this thing literally went right across my windscreen, a matter of feet in front of me. And for a split second, it was a, a floating woman. That's what my eyes seen. Like a, 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 in a nightgown, but it wasn't. It was an owl, a <laughs> fucking massive owl, and I seen it flying. You know, I it was a, it had a lucky escape, and nearly hit it. Basically, mm. I've killed every sort of animal you can think of, but that for that split second, it shit me up. I was a brand new driver, pitch black, this white, big white wingspan my headlights picking it out Woo! like that and then i could see it flying away it was an owl um there's some stories one of our drivers at, at liverpool he he's had he's been driving at a light engine um back to wherever it was going and he turns around and there's somebody sitting in the second man's seat next to him Yeah, exactly. Wow. And then he's turned around. I mean, I've, I've never, um, seen my granddad. My granddad was, um, for all intents and purposes, my hero growing up. Um, there was a family fallout as, you know, Historically, my family's always been like that. I lost contact with my granddad from the age of maybe 16 through until I started seeing Kerry, maybe 19. Uh, I was lucky enough to have him at the wedding in, when I was 24. But them, them few years where we were out of contact were the years where I got me, me qualifications. Started my job, learnt how to drive, got a girlfriend. So, the magic was gone. If you know what I mean. The, the formative years, yeah. Yeah, so to this day I regret um, the barb, the family barbecues. Um, are you coming down? No, i be now. I'm, you know, I'm playing on my PlayStation or whatever. Because I'd moved out, I was married, and and he died a few years later, like, but. Sometimes I can be driving a train and I can feel him sitting there. He's not there, but I can, and he just comes into my head, a thought of me because he was a big train spotter. He had a model railway in his loft. Um, I've still got some of the model railway in my loft, just in boxes that I got given when he died. He loved steam trains. He loved trains. He loved anything mechanical. Any sort of engineering like that. So there is, there is times where he'll just pop into my head as I'm driving along. And I do think, I wonder if he's sitting here now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But whether he is or not, whether he's just soil and worms, well, he was cremated, so he's not, but.
1: <laughs> I mean, the only thing, so when I, I said earlier that I mentioned to so, so was who's doing this and, uh, she said she hadn't seen a guy. but she did remind me that when she, when a when her dad died uh about god when was that now twenty ten um uh, just after he died, occasionally she would feel this like brushing on her ear, and she mentioned it to me a few times and she'd said um it feels like someone's touching my ear just just lightly kind of just just do that to my ear." and a few months after that they went to a clairvoyant now clairvoyants are completely different you know that you could i couldn't do an episode about that but i know people that could talk about clairvoyance and all that stuff about how real or fake it is or whatever but um the person uh, they've gone to a few times people in a family does seem to be like really good really spooky about some predictions um and on this occasion, she went to see this clairvoyant and uh the clairvoyant had mentioned to her that um her her what would have been her, her grandma um her great it was either her grandma or great grandma but either, either way um she used to stroke her dad's ear oh and she said like, you know, I hadn't mentioned anything about this. Like I hadn't gone in there and said, or oh, I'm, fe- you know, I've had this weird feeling or anything like that. But as she was talking to her about stuff, that, that was one of the things that she'd said. That was, she said that that's something that she used to do to her dad. So, you know, who, who, who knows for sure about this stuff? I mean, I think we've all had, I think we've all felt stuff at the time like just out of the blue like it feels like something's crawling on you or you know something doesn't feel right you know that i think that's quite a common thing but again what causes those is it some is it a ghost uh, or a spirit of something connecting with you that's causing that or is that just something in the brain i don't know it's weird isn't it it is weird it's very weird But,
0: um, well, I'll just end with um, my podcast. Yep. So it's called Anything Ghost. I knew you were going to say that one. Yeah, Lex War. I've been on the show with that ghost story that I've recounted tonight many years ago, 2008, I think. I've actually emailed him today for would he consider donating a track for the end of this podcast episode. So it's either going to what are you why are you doing that? Why are you hiding, what? Hiding behind your microphone scaring me. Poof. Um Oh fucking hell, mate. <laughs> You've got a big big freaking nose, haven't you? Um Yeah, so when we say when I'll let you say it this week, for Halloween. When you say that thing that we say, it will either be a Lex war song because he does really spooky music, or it'll just um, I'll try and find something else that's a bit
1: spooky. Like the Monster um, Mash or something.
0: Yeah, something like that. So I don't know what it's going to be yet. I've I only emailed him like four hours ago. He lives in LA, so it'll take a while to get there, will Yeah. Emails do take a while to get to LA, it's quite far away. Yeah, so thanks for joining me, Nick, on this spooky, spooky night. You're welcome.
1: Uh, Happy Halloween, everybody, and boo the music.
0: They're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Adams Family. Their house is a
1: museum, when people come to see em, They really are a scream, the Adams Family.
0: Neat. Sweet.
1: Petite. So get a witch's shawl on, a broomstick you can crawl on, we're gonna pay a call on the Adams Family! Said so that said, Buddha music rather than cue the music.
0: You're a fucking knobhead. You should have got. If only we had a soundboard and Jimmy Savile at some point in his career went, "Oh, oh cue the music." So I'd just have that every week. God. You're a fucking knobhead. God.